Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome Browns backers, I'm Chuck Campisi, joined by Tony Dick, and this is Believe in the Browns. And just to give you a quick background on who your hosts are, Tony Dick worked in various capacities with the Browns over the course of 21 seasons with the team. So when he mentions being in the building, it's being in the building. He started with the team as a member of the Browns crew in 91, Worked with them up until the time they left for the city who shall not be named. Um, he rejoined the Browns upon their return to Cleveland and served his last nine years with the team as the team's manager of alumni relations before leaving in October of 2015. Tony is also a member of the Pro Football Researchers Association and has served as a research assistant for several documentary projects with NFL Films, NBC Sports, Time Warner Cable Sports Channel, and Epics. Myself, I have experience in the sports industry in various capacities with Major League Baseball teams, NCAA programs, the Miami Dolphins, the Buffalo Bills, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where I earned a Super Bowl ring with the Buccaneers. Super Bowl, anybody? 37. 37. Uh, and between Tony and I, we've probably worked about 20 Super Bowls. We're brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Welcome, Browns backers. Once again, it's Chuck Campisi here with Tony Dick on Believe in the Browns. We're brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Browns Believe or at Believe Podcast. That's at B-L-E-A-V Podcasts. If you're interested in advertising on the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. Tony, we're going to talk about a couple things. The Browns signing some of their draft picks, reworking Olivier Vernon's contract, signing the mega deal with Miles Garrett, and then whether any of this actually matters <laughs> because football may or may not be played in 2020. But first, we'll talk with the signings. We'll talk the smaller ones, and we'll kind of work up to some of the bigger ones. Jacob Phillips, uh, four-year deal, $4.5 million, $800,000 signing bonus. Uh, so the Browns lock up um, one of their draft picks this year. I don't think there's anything too crazy uh, about that deal. fits in kind of with the cap structure and what the slotting is uh, per NFL. Um, same thing with Jedrick Wills, four-year deal since he was the first-round pick. All first-round picks have a team option for the fifth year. $19.7 million over that contract, $11 million signing bonus. So I'm sure that was a happy day in the <laughs> Wills household. Not that it wasn't a happy day at the Phillips household with an $800,000 signing bonus, but uh, I'm I'm taking my $11 million over my $800,000. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, a little bit of a difference. I mean, that... You know, anytime you see those numbers, I mean, you, you have to, I, I know some people will hate on the numbers, but, uh, you know, as, as we always say in the business, it's, it's not what you're worth, it's what you negotiate. But I think for for a kid like him, just a solid individual, it's just, it's neat to see all that hard work, not just pay off in the immediate, you know, uh, you know um, time, but... I mean, he's basically set his family up. If, if he invests his money right, I mean, you're talking one, possibly two to three generations yeah. completely set up just based on his ability 
um, and just the the effort and time and work that he put into it. I mean, it's just awesome to see. And and you would hope, um, you, you know, like I said, you're going to have people that hate on it, but you would hope that um, you know there's going to be people that are going to rally around this kid and make sure that that money is invested right and. And those things do happen because, you know, on the flip side, it could be $11 million that's just, yeah. you know, gone in, in well, three people, weeks depending yeah. on how you spend it. I mean, and people complain about it all the time. And it's like, hey, and, as soon as the owners start opening their books and tell me how much they're making, that's when I'll start complaining about player salaries. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you can give them $11 million, they are making some money. Exactly. If your you salary know. cap for your team is 170 some million dollars, you're not paying them that much money because you're not making any money. <laughs> you're paying them that money because you're still making money. I'm um, in it just for the love of being an owner. Yeah, yeah. This this team is a public trust, Tony. Um, if it was, why wouldn't you just turn it over to the public then? Uh, then, then in addition to that, you get the uh, Olivier Vernon deal reworked. He had $15.25 million non-guaranteed, um, slightly lower is what he gets. He gets $11 million guaranteed. And specifically for him, since this was a one-year deal, $7 million comes of that $11 million comes in the signing bonus. So whether there is a 2020 football season or not, he just guaranteed himself $7 million by signing that contract. So yes, you're sacrificing potentially you know, $4.25 million in what you might have been able to earn if you completed the full 2020 season. But I think talking to his agent, realizing there might not be a 2020 season, guaranteeing yourself $7 million is probably a better deal. Well, uh, and you know, I don't want to get doom and gloomy because I, you know, and we'll talk about this later, my beliefs on the whole situation. But, I mean, you hate to look at it this way. It's a health insurance policy because if there is a season and something does go awry... Yeah. I mean, you, you have guaranteed your, you know, once yeah. again, you've guaranteed um, your family, the people around you, some kind of financial, you know, obviously it's not going to replace you, um, but hey, they might for $7 million. It might be <laughs> <laughs> horrible, horrible. <laughs> just, just kidding, just kidding. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, to me, that's it's a wise move. I mean, get your get your money while you can. I mean, you know, the bird in the hand. Um, and oh, yeah. that applies here. It applies here. Yeah, because I mean, he could have been cut at any point. Yeah. I mean, even midseason, even if he was wasn't performing well, even if there is a season, yeah. week four, you're not performing well, they cut you, you're out of whatever would have been left on that non guaranteed yeah. deal. Whereas you're guaranteeing yourself that money if you do it now. And then the monster deal, Tony, um, the Miles Garrett deal, $125 million if it's all paid, which NFL contracts, but. It's a five-year deal, likelihood given his age, it's probably largely going to be there. And realistically, $100 million of it's guaranteed, and he got $50 million of it the day he signed that piece of paper. Uh, I would like to be a guy someday that signs a piece of paper and magically $50 million appears in my bank account. Or I might even rather be the guy who is able to write that check to just grant somebody $50 million uh, and have it magically appear in their bank account. Uh, I think it's a great deal for the team. Uh, it's a great deal for Miles, obviously. But it's something that the Browns haven't done in a long time. I think it was, what, in since 2012 or something like that, the Browns had had 15 number one picks, and none of them until Miles Garrett had signed a second contract. So this is a big deal, and it shows that they're working towards building this team with the guys that they have on the roster. Stability is huge. And, 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 and 
a contract like that is much more than just locking in Miles Garrett. I think a contract like that, it catches the attention of the other guys in the locker room because they start to see that we, we are sincere about stability. I mean, you know, we are um, going to keep our first-round picks who are producing around, um, and they're not just going to go somewhere else and, and, you know, finish off their career. So I think it's huge. You know, obviously – once again, people talk about, oh, is he worth it? You know what? It's all relative. I mean, if you're looking to create an atmosphere of stability and you feel that that's important to your organization, then, yeah, any price. Um, it's not like the owners are going in the red here, yeah. as we said. So um, I think it's a great deal. It's a cornerstone of our defense. Um, and now that we have these signings in play, and, and let's take a look at the money we have left over, and let's get some linebackers. <laughs> I know. Well, that's the thing. I mean, we've been talking about that uh, the whole time. Is, yes, there, that there is some linebacker need there. Well, and that's the thing. Maybe, you know, I mean, especially with him being a free agent next year, maybe you move a guy like Kareem Hunt. Like, I understand the need for depth at that position, specifically running back. Chubbs, hey, he's had a ton of usage, even though he is young. Uh, but... You need you have zero at the linebacking core right now, so it's going to be interesting to see to see what they do. Well, there. Those guys can run for a hundred yards apiece every game. It doesn't matter if the defense is giving up thirty five points a game. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, you just got to figure out which one are we going to be able. To, are we going to be able to run these guys two hundred yards? Uh, you know, is that how we're going to make up the difference, or are we just going to get a couple linebackers and shrink that thirty five number to twenty one? You know, give us a chance. Um, Something that needs to be addressed. Yeah, because I, like I said, I mean, I think that offense is 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 well positioned to be very effective, and I think Kareem Hunt play, could play a key role in that effectiveness. Yeah. I also think our defensive line is going to be very good. I, I'm high on Ogunjobi. I know a lot of people necessarily aren't thought he didn't play quite as well as he could have or should have last year. I think he's going to be great, specifically with Garrett and, and Vernon also on that line. Yeah. I think the defensive backfield is well positioned to be very good. It's just, you got nobody at that second. And level. the thing, sometimes I look at it, and maybe maybe I'm totally off base here, but I always look at it this way: like with all the weapons we have on offense, I think we could become this quick strike, you know, high number yeah. Bills '90s Kagan yeah. type. The, the thing with that is, when you look at that Bills um, team, those Bills teams, they had a great defense because the key to having a, a fast-paced, high-scoring offense is having a defense that isn't forced to be on the field forever you know yeah. as a result so you know it's one of those those things where you know that's where that defense you got to have that balance you got to have that balance and um i don't know we'll we'll see i mean there i i'm putting full confidence in the group that's in charge now because i will give them the benefit of the doubt they have been making great decisions i mean we've been doing well in the off season we are winning the off season um but there's still a couple pieces that we need to pick up in, in that linebacker position on defense, I think, is paramount for us having a successful season this year. Um, I yeah. don't know. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Now, having a successful season and actually having a season, Tony, right? NFL, some training camps do open tomorrow. So you're looking at a situation where players, rookies, are, are scheduled to report. Um, I mean, really, Jacksonville, rookies were scheduled to initially report on the 18th. Same thing for Miami. Um, Detroit, they were supposed to report yesterday. Uh, the 16th for the Bears. 
The Browns, rookies and veterans, are reporting the same day on the 25th. We saw a lot on Twitter yesterday. Uh, so we're recording this on Monday, uh, July 20th. Saw a lot on Twitter yesterday from NFL players saying, hey, you know, where's the procedures? What are the heck are we doing, NFL? Uh, a lot of high-profile NFL players not comfortable, it doesn't seem yet, with what the NFL has proposed and what they're doing. What do you think the likelihood, we'll start with training camp. What do you think the likelihood is that players start reporting tomorrow and, and practices then actually begin when vets come to town on the scheduled plan as is right now. Well, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna preface what I'm about to say with uh, you, you know I, I I'm, I'm about to go off on a rant and, and, and you know <laughs> real man if I start going off on tangents but you know my biggest thing being around the the league and, and watching how the league handles its matters for you know 20 plus years the problem I have with the NFL is. I don't really think they are ever proactive, sincere, and, and targeted in, in their decisions that they make. I think a lot of what they do is knee-jerk. It's, uh, you know, lick your thumb, put it up to the wind. And when you think about it, I mean, we've been dealing with this since March, okay? We've been dealing with this with, since March. Most of the teams have been shut down. Like, their buildings have been completely shut down since March, okay? Yep. So that means there's nobody in the building, there's nobody in the way of construction, there's nobody in the way of you making any of your plans. Um, there's there's nothing else on your table other than how are we going to do this season? Let's come up with models to predict um, how many seats we can have in this area, that area. That, but you walk into these stadiums, you walk into these teams, um, you know, headquarters, and it's a bunch of people standing around that have no idea what the hell's going on. They have no idea how they're going to handle this, how they're going to do this. They've made, and maybe if they do, um, they haven't made it public, and, and why? I, I mean, it, for, for us to be this far along, for well, us to I'm, be less not than even, a week from opening. Not even, I, I understand, I don't even care if they make it public. They obviously haven't even communicated it to the players. Yeah. <laughs> you know, So, you know, hey, if you don't want to communicate it to the public every single step that you're taking, fine. But, man, you better communicate it to your employees yeah. so they feel safe. It, it's just, it, And it's just one of those things where I, I, we've seen it time and again. The NFL, it's a lack of planning. It's a lack of all these things. And the only thing that saves them every time is the fact that they have a, a boatload <laughs> of money. And they will just throw a boatload of money at the problem. But the problem we're going to have with COVID nineteen is this is such a big problem. This isn't this isn't uh, hey we forgot a lighting tower for the Super Bowl. Let's run out and get one. This is we've got thirty two teams. We don't have a plan of action. We have stadiums that are all different and states that are all different. We're all playing by different rules. And they I don't feel like anybody has sat down and seriously thought this thing through. I, I just think. You know, from the outside looking in, it just feels like they felt like at some point someone was just going to say, hey, this this isn't a thing anymore, and let's just go back to doing what we're doing. Because if you walk into any stadium right now, there there just really isn't any kind of safety procedures in place that are significant enough for me to believe that we can have a season. Yeah. I just don't see it. And if you're looking at it, I mean, you got Miles Garrett, right? If the NFL doesn't do their part to keep players healthy, there is no football in 2020. It's that simple. You know, Deuce Landry, right? Crazy to see how the NFL is not following the recommendations of its own experts regarding health and safety for us as players. As of today, questions have not been answered, and we want to play football. Y'all want to watch football this year. We want to play. 
and you, you scroll through Twitter really quickly, you see Garrett, you see J.J. Watt, you see Deshaun Watson, you see Devontae Adams, you see Russell Wilson, Todd Gurley, Derek Carr, Stephon Diggs, Zach Ertz. I mean, the Aaron Donald, these are not, I mean, head of the Players Association, another Brown, right, J.C. Treader. These are not just run-of-the-mill guys who are taking this on. These are the elite of the league taking the NFL to task, essentially, because, as you said, it doesn't seem like they have a plan in place. And and it's amazing because it's like, well, you could look at what all of these other leagues have already done, right? In Europe, teams are playing, right? right. The Premier League's playing. Serie A is playing. The Bundesliga is already done. They're, <laughs> they're like, yeah, we, got to, we actually got to finish our season. You know, and then you have... The NWSL here in the U.S. is playing, right? And yeah, they had one team withdraw early, fine. But you know what? They haven't had one problem since all of those teams got on site. They're in the knockout stage of their tournament, right? Maybe MLS was a little bumpy with a couple teams getting knocked out. But they've been able to move through. Baseball seems to be progressing. The NBA is progressing. The NHL is moving forward. So all of these other leagues, you have all of these other you know, friends that you could essentially call and be like, hey, man, what are some of the things that you've put in place? It's not like these are trade secrets. So it's it's not going to behoove the NHL or MLB to keep their stuff close to the vest. Well, the, the other thing, and, and this uh, maybe I'm going a little too deep here, but, you know, at least I, I warned you before I did it. Um, you know, the, the, the problem I have is if you look at what the league has spent the most time on in the last two months, it has been social issues dealing with um, how much, you know, I guess they're, they're trying to prove to the world just how much they care about, the, you know, the, the black community, how much they care about um, people of color. Yet, you know, I'm being totally serious here. If you look at COVID-19, if you look at who is most susceptible to COVID-19, yeah. it is people of color, people who... Uh, Slightly overweight, you, you know, uh, if, you know, blood sugar, you know. If I'm an offensive just, or defensive lineman, oh man, God, are you kidding me? I mean, you, you, I, and I'm being totally serious about this. I, I mean, I'm not saying that the NFL doesn't care. I, like, let me preface it with that. I'm not saying that the NFL does not care about black people, but or people of color. I, I, what I'm saying is, you can't say Although, that, oh. that, that, that that you, you know, we're gonna we're gonna sing a, uh, you know, we're gonna sing a separate national anthem, or we're gonna allow players to kneel, or we're gonna, which all that stuff is great. All this stuff is fine, but at the end of the day, this is actual. This is actual life or death in their hands. This isn't for you your know, employees. Yeah, yeah. Well, this isn't hey, how someone else is treating people of color. This is how you are treating people of color, and, and not just people of color. This is how you're treating all of your employees, but most specifically the ones that are in well, the sixty percent of your league. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and that to me is I just. It's crazy to me that they have been so nonchalant about this and that we're a week away. And I, I almost feel like it's like, well, let's just open the doors. And once again, in true NFL fashion, let's open the doors. We'll wait for the trouble to come. And then when the trouble comes, we'll just throw money at it and try to make it go away. Because that really, um, that's the optics of it right now. Because it, it, as you said, the players are saying there's nothing in place. We are seeing, you know, when we go to facilities, there's nothing in place. It's... I don't know. It's it's crazy. I mean, if, if your idea of making this work is sitting some uh, intern at a desk with a thermometer and checking everybody's forehead 
and, and that's it, then I Or like I you know. said, right, and we, we've seen, right, in the locker rooms, right, putting up the, the drapes shower. in the locker rooms, you know, or, hey, shutting off some shower heads. Okay, I just sweat and bled and yep. yelled at this guy for 60 minutes on the field all over each other, but... Yeah, we're gonna. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't get it. We didn't get it on the field. <laughs> you know, we passed it in the locker room here yeah. when we were. You know, so so some of the you know common sense things. It's like that's not where you need to be spending your time and effort and energy. You need to be spending your time and effort and energy on how you're going to be managing these things. And yes, there are certain elements that you're not going to be able to control because of the nature of the game, and players are willing to take that risk. But you have to make sure that. Everything you can control that might transmit something otherwise, right? Hey, how are you going to limit media? How are you going to limit staffing? How are you going to do all of those things where we know we're going to come in contact with other players and we're responsible for that? But all of the other people you are going to bring in us into contact with, that's what you have to give us a good and detailed plan about. And to me, a lot of the stuff that that we're, we're reviewing is common sense that they're doing I, I think we, we need to review that because a lot of it isn't common sense. When I walk into a bathroom and I see every other sink is shut off, like I get it. It it, it creates a social distancing. But at the same time, it's it's forcing 80 guys to use three sinks instead of six sinks. Oh, yeah, no. So that, that stuff doesn't make any sense unless you're actually going to have bathroom attendants that are going to wipe everything down as people leave. It, it doesn't make any sense to me. It, but, but the optics of it looks like, oh, hey, we're doing well, that, something. And that's what I mean. Yeah, I think you mistook my common sense. I'm at common sense. Why are we even doing that? Yeah. Because we just did all of yeah. this stuff. What's it, The locker room is not going to be yeah. a quote-unquote safe space, right? Yeah. It, it, it's impossible for that to happen. So the players, I think, are understanding of that. Yeah. But what are we going to do with all of these other pieces from the transportation pieces, from the hotel pieces, from the media pieces, from the training room pieces, how are we going to control all of that? People handling the food, that's where you're going to get some of this other stuff. The other things, hey, players are going to know that, hey, I'm in a locker room with a guy that I just literally had my hands all over. (laughs) I mean, if you've ever played or been involved in a game, right, you're going to be touching people. Um, So so there's challenges there. And and I don't know um, what they've done. They almost remind me of, of the NCAA. With kind of the hands-off way that they've just kind of deferred everything to everyone else and made it like, oh, well, we don't really want to do anything because uh, we don't know what's going to happen. Well, none of us really knows what's going to happen, but what we can kind of control is how we set up our parameters for how we're going to operate, and it just doesn't seem like they've done that. No, and and I just, uh, I don't know, if... if, if Players do not feel, and, and I know there's going to be a ton of pushback. You're going to you're going to see it. Oh, these people, you know, that Miles just signed for X. Oh, they, there's already out there. They're already out there. You know that to me. Once again, you can have all the money in the world if you're not around to spend it. What does it matter? And and you know, no matter how you feel about the virus, whether you feel it's serious or not, I, it, all this does is simply highlight the fact that the league really, truly does not care about the players. They don't. Yeah. And they can't say they do because they've had, since March, an opportunity with all this money. Instead of taking the money and throwing it at the problem once it happens, why not hire people beforehand to come up with four different models of, hey, if this happens, this is what we're, we'll execute this. If this happens, we have none of that. Uh, I mean, it, you don't see any of that. They've just kind of kicked the can down the road, and now here we are 
a week away from opening and nobody knows what's going on. Yeah. It's it's crazy. Well, and you see all the tweets, all the responses to some of the players, you know, all these people go, oh, you guys are wimps or, yeah. you know, worse, obviously. Uh, and it's like, man, like you said, it doesn't matter how much money I'm making if I'm not around to actually enjoy it or spend it. Uh, <laughs> well, that, that, and I'm not knocking. I, I'm, so I won't, I won't mention a store name. But let's just say you're a guy who says, well, I've been working at so-and-so stocking shelves ever since this started. Well, yeah, okay. But how many people while you're stocking shelves have come and tackled you? <laughs> and laid on top of you. I mean, I, you know, it, it, to com- make that comparison is just is goofy. Like, no, yeah. no, no, unless you're a pro wrestler or something, and and even running undercover, uh, you yeah. know, continued working through this. I to compare yourselves to any other job to this is ridiculous. And, and media members aren't covering your uh, your beats and walking yeah. into your personal space. You know, if you've been in an NFL locker room on a media day or after a game or any yeah. of those types of things, I mean, you got guys slammed up shoulder to shoulder, sticking mics in your face, and, you know, it, it's amazing. Yes, yeah, the or, if you're, or if you're in a stadium and they allow people in. I mean, even if they limit it to 10,000 people, we're sitting here talking about how far – you know, your spit can project. Well, now be in a stadium where the wind is swirling and you basically have this <laughs> convection of just, you know, people spit, yeah. you know, and, and you're in the middle of it. I mean, it's, I don't know. I, I just don't, I don't get it. And I don't know, you know, would I love to see the season go off? Yeah, sure. I would definitely love the season go it off. It would make the I podcast just, a lot easier. Yeah. <laughs> I just, it's just, I do not... I do not see how this can happen unless something drastic happens between now and next week. What are your odds? Give me that. Give me, I mean, we started it with kind of the training camp odds and some of that. So it looks like, do you think teams are going to report and players are going to report and that is going to go? Because I think think actually the odds of that happening are higher than the odds of the season starting on Well, here's what's going to happen. The the, the teams and the players will report, and then all of a sudden it's going to be like college. You're going to see these... Holy crap, 13 people for this team. You yeah. added it. Because I'm sure once these guys report and they get tested, you're you're guaranteed to have at least one person per team is going to have this. Yeah. Guaranteed. I mean, you're talking, well, I mean, if you're talking 90 man rosters for camp for 32 teams, you're talking approximately 2,700 guys, right? Yeah. So somebody yeah, somebody's going to have it yeah. and, 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 and some of the staffers are too that are going to have to be yeah. coming back right you're still going to you're going to need yep. your media relations staff you're going to need your coaching staff you're going to need your training Trainers. staff all of these you know guys and girls that have not been in the building and and I'm not saying that those people have been doing things that they shouldn't have been doing right, right? but chances are they're probably going to the grocery store a time or two or mm-hmm. you know they might be doing some other stuff but somebody's going to have it and and it's going to it's yeah. going to be interesting to see how the league handles that because it appears that they don't have anything yeah. concrete. And, and, and you got to know the media is going to want to pounce all over it. Uh, um, so, you know, that's going to be your issue, uh, you know, too. I mean, the, the, the media's perception of how bad this is, they're going to be able to craft the, the narrative and they're going to be probably the one that creates the, the public, you know, push to shut this thing down at some point. Yeah. Um, because... You know, just just as nobody wants to be responsible for a kindergartner, uh, you know, dying because we open up schools, nobody wants to be the one who's responsible for, you, you know, plug in whatever name you want, uh, yeah. athlete, um, dying. But I, but as you as you stated, I mean, they're doing it in Europe, but they, you know, they're they were ahead of the curve. I, I mean, they 
actually thought stuff through and were able to figure it out. Yeah. I mean, well, they did what they needed to do. I mean, if Italy can start playing yeah. again, then <laughs> man, <laughs> right? Because I mean, they were the epicenter there for a minute. And and they got that thing down, and man, I get to watch my AC Milan games, yeah. so I'm happy with that. Um, but it, it just seems like we haven't necessarily taken it as seriously as we we should have or could have, and and that and that's become a problem. And now it's impacting uh, all of these other pieces of our our lives that we want to enjoy and and care to enjoy. And unfortunately, it doesn't seem. I'm going to put the odds at. I'm going to say 50% that the season starts on time. And I'm going to say, man, maybe 10% that we actually finish the 2020 NFL season on on schedule and maybe 25% that we actually even finish it. Yeah. I was, you know, of that 10%, three weeks ago, I would have said probably 80% chance of the season going off. I would say probably now um, it's it, it probably dropped to sixty percent, and then that sixty percent, whether that goes up or down, is going to be determined by how many people test positive, because yeah. that that's going to tip it one way or the other. Obviously, I, it, and um, you know, it, and it, I guess you got to give the the NFL has a week, right? So you got to give them a week. Let's see if they are able to magically come up with some kind of policies. But once again. I think the tough thing, not that I want to give them, um, you know, a pass, but, you know, the, the difficult thing here is, and this is something they should have worked out, is that each state is different, you know, oh, yeah. and that's what you're dealing with. So, but but once again. Well, that's why the there, bubble situation yeah, There should have been a contingency plan for that. But then you're looking at, why not look at what MLB is doing then, right? Because they're not doing a bubble. No. So you have a framework or, I mean, and really, I mean, listen to players. The NFL has standards and protocols. They're just not following them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, well, you know, the, the, the thing I look at, too, though, is, um, you know, when we talk about a bubble situation, and, and I know this would have had to have been worked out amongst the owners, but you have a stadium. That stadium in Los Angeles is equipped with multiple locker rooms. Mm-hmm. So that's a perfect situation. That stadium in Las Vegas, maybe not multiple locker rooms, but certainly multiple hotels within the vicinity of. Yeah. So. For a bubble situation, those two, I think, would have been great options. Um, But I just don't know. You know, we're not in the room. I don't know what the other owners, how they would feel about, well, hey, what about my stadium? Um, You know. Well, yeah. I mean, even the thing, I mean, obviously, we're going to be a little biased here. But you think about it, right? Even if you're doing it in the Cleveland or Ohio, right? you got Cincinnati's field, you have the Ohio State, you have all like Bowling Green, you could have Toledo. Yeah. I mean, you, and it's a confined area yeah. that you could really manage, house teams in probably certain places where you just take over hotel. I mean, obviously, that, that becomes a whole other situation from a oh, family up. management standpoint, yeah. right? Because, hey, you know, if you, you know, yes, I understand players are in season, but, you know, coaches, parents, you know, they, they have kids. They want to be around them. You know, same thing for those staffs. What do you do with your PR staff if now, hey, I'm going to go to Vegas for six months or something like that, or I'm going to go to – right? And so I, I get those challenges, but those other leagues are dealing with it as well. Yeah. The, the tough part for football is you're only playing one game a week and you're not expediting that, right? So MLS, I, I can – you know, you're going to play a little tighter schedule. You guys are going to be a little more tired, right? MLB, we're not going to have necessarily off as many off days, right? 
basketball, we're going to have this kind of, we're going to do the playoff thing, right? But So your your, your time frame is shorter yeah. for that. So I, I get that. It's that that to me is the big challenge of the bubble is what do you do from a parenting situation? Because, I mean, you know, I know. I mean, we worked in a lot. I didn't have kids when I was in the NFL. You had kids when you were in the league. So imagine if you would have just said, eh, babe, I got to go for uh, – I didn't really see him that much. Anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really, really about two hours a week. Yeah, <laughs> um, the illusion though. The yeah. illusion is. So uh, I will say, uh, 1948. Since we are talking Browns, 1948, Cleveland Browns played three games in ten days. Okay, on two well, yes, 1948. Uh, Which, uh, well, think about it. When guys were still pl- smoking cigarettes and. Uh, well, think about it. They were in a plane that was so small they actually had to stop in Colorado to refuel in order to make it to California. So yeah. <laughs> Uh, but uh, I, I heard in 1948 they didn't have Gatorade. It was Jack Daniels in the. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, keep your electrolytes up. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I, I don't know. I, you know, I would say I'm down to 60. percent My whether or not the season complete. You know, we have a completed season. I, I think that number probably drops. To yeah. probably 25 am I, am I working the Super Bowl in Tampa this year? I mean, I'm really excited to, yeah. right? Go back to where, you know, part of my NFL career was. Go get to see some friends and, and hang out. And I love I love that Tampa, St. Pete area. Um, you know, it was great to be back in Miami, one of my former stopping grounds last year, uh, or this year, I guess, for the Super Bowl. Um, and to be back in Tampa would be awesome. We were there for the championship game for the CFP in 2017. Um, I love that stadium. Um, I hope I'm there, but I, it's oh, not the, looking likely. The job of a crowd control should be a lot easier. It should, it should be. <laughs> there might actually be a game. They might not actually need us. That, that that would be disappointing, but it would be part of the deal. Yeah. So, All right. Well, I think that's all we got for you, Browns backers. Thanks for tuning in for Believe in the Browns. Once again, if you enjoy the show, please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, Luminary, and tune in or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. You can find us at Browns Believe. That's at Browns, B-L-E-A-V. That's on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find us at Believe Podcast. That's at B-L-E-A-V Podcast. Have a good one. It's your turn. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.